0: A.B. really hates it when he's ignored, but this this somehow feels different. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovachevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steeler. that comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Antonio Brown caused a very A.B. like stir by posting on his Twitter account, yesterday that he'd like to retire a Steeler. And then a little bit later in the day, once he saw that that was being interpreted as his saying that he wants to come back and play for the Steelers, he said no. He said no. Just to be clear, it's just to retire as a Steeler. You know, one of those one-day jersey ceremonies and you finish up with the team that meant the most to you and Obviously, vice versa, since it's got to be a two-way street. Now, fully cognizant here that at any point today, A.B. could lash out at the Steelers and say that he wishes he never played for them and hates Pittsburgh and won't even wear anything with the colors black or gold in them. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this for the simple reason that A.B. is going to have and should have a Hall of Fame candidacy. That doesn't mean he's going to get in. The Hall of Fame selectors do take into account things like behavior, loyalty, dedication, and of course, in this instance, it applies longevity, because A.B. could have played a lot more snaps had he not been busy doing all kinds of stupid things. He also could have stayed in Pittsburgh and stuck by his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, and continued to make even more out of that career, which, by the way, was a direct straight line to Canton. Do not pass. Go. Do not collect $200. He was going right to the hall with the numbers that he put up right here. He was the one who chose to undo that. He was the one who made an absolute mess and mockery, really, at times, of the whole franchise to the point that people were labeling the Steelers as having lost their way because they had one complete nutcase on the roster. And probably most significant toward this conversation, A.B., in a way, made it personal with Mike Tomlin, and that's that's where the bridge needs to get either mended or understood that it's burned. Because it's got to be understood that when the Steelers made that extension commitment to A.B., it came only after Tomlin and A.B. had gotten together at a downtown steakhouse and Tomlin read him the equivalent of the riot act. This is how it's going to be. If you're going to do this and I'm sticking my neck out on the line for you to go to management and say, hey, Sign this guy, commit to these dollars, then you've got to give it back. Well, A.B. did for a while. In fact, Tomlin remains the only coach in NFL history to get anything at all out of A.B. John Gruden couldn't do it. The great Bill Belichick couldn't do it. And, yeah, Bruce Arians got the Super Bowl out of A.B., and A.B. did help Tom Brady and everyone else get a ring. But in the end, Bruce was just as helpless as everyone else on that psychotic day that A.B. went dancing off the field in East Rutherford. Tomlin, by comparison, was a miracle worker. But Tomlin also didn't appreciate, couldn't have appreciated being dumped on the way he was. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. So when asking what are the pluses and minuses of having A, B, I guess you could term it back in the fold. We talk about this a lot as it relates to the Steelers. Anytime a player, including the greatest of the great players that they've had, retires, we fuss over what their relationship is with the franchise moving forward. This really took root with Terry Bradshaw many, many years ago, but it's extended to a lot of different players, including players from those great teams in the 1970s. Where's Jack Lambert? Why didn't he show up for this thing? Well, he doesn't show up for anything. He's become a complete recluse. What about Troy Polamalu? Didn't get to leave on his own terms, wasn't happy about that, didn't really communicate with anybody within the organization for a couple of years. But that all got smoothed over in ample time for his Hall induction. Now we're going to see and hear and read a lot of the same as it relates to Ben Roethlisberger. A.B., though, this is different. I'm okay with the two mending sides. I'm okay with A.B. retiring as a Steeler. I believe, and I don't care how unpopular this opinion is, that he's the greatest receiver this franchise has ever had. And I say that with immense respect to Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Louis Lips, Hines Ward. A.B. did things that the rest of those guys couldn't even dream of on the football field. He was magic. And it's okay to separate whatever you think of him as the person, you know, within reason, when assessing purely the football player. But, but, and here is my sticking point. If A.B. makes it to Pittsburgh and has his ceremony, something that would likely happen at La Trobe when everyone's at training camp, everyone's uh, in the same area. It makes for a nice, easy, convenient press conference. Does that then mean that AB is connected to the Steelers with every future misdeed or mishap that he goes through in his life? And you can bet those are going to take place. Do you really want to see Antonio Brown dot, 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 of the Pittsburgh Steelers, in some form or other, within every one of those news stories. I mean, occasionally we'll laugh off, you know, some of the most bizarre actions that he's taken, but there's also stuff in there that's drop dead serious. This is not comparable to James Harrison leaving. It's not comparable to Ben, to Troy, or anything like that. This individual is going to continue to be a problem in his own life and in turn to others. So I'll say it again. I am okay with this from the football perspective. But if you're the Steelers, you better figure out some kind of way to delineate, hey, if you go and get yourself into more deep doo-doo, don't count on us don't count on us we'll recognize and honor your football accomplishments we'll recognize and honor your hall candidacy when it comes time to that but we aren't here to babysit when we come back just one question another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Mike Schrott in Shadyside, and Mike asks, looking at the odds for the 2022 season, the over-under for the Steelers' win total is 7.5, and obviously Ben's retirement brings about many unknowns, but a healthy defensive line, a revamped offensive line, potentially improved quarterback play does not signal a regression in the record to me, let alone Mike Tomlin never having had a losing record. Am I missing something? Why shouldn't I put all of my money on the over? Well, Mike, I'm not about to recommend that you put all of your money on anything or even a small portion of it. I don't do any kind of gambling uh, advice. However, however. I'm with you on the win total. The thing that I keep coming back to is that whatever you think the Steelers are going to be in 2022, you meaning from a positive standpoint, you probably think that because of their defense, because of T.J. Watt, because of Minka Fitzpatrick, because of Cam Hayward, because of, as you mentioned, the defensive line, optimally anyway, getting the whole gang back together if Stefan Tuitt returns. That plus addressing inside linebacker by adding Miles Jack and, again, putting this one in the hope category that Devin Bush can find a way back from his ACL injury and the year back that he had in being even stronger into 2022. This could be, arguably should be, a really good National Football League defense. I didn't even mention replacing Keith Butler with Terrell Austin and whatever combination gets formed of Austin, Brian Flores, and Tomlin. You've got some really good defensive minds. So what has to happen to get to 7.5 wins or over that? The offense has to not be the catastrophe that a lot of people including very clearly the people laying down money, seem to think it will. Now, I've got my own trepidation here. We can say what we want about Ben being 39 years old and limited and unable to scramble and unable to fit in with the Matt Canada offensive system. But we also, amid our excitement for Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, have to remember that in Kenny's case, he's still a kid. Every game he plays is going to be a first something or other. There's a lot of learning on the job that will have to take place. With all due respect to what Pitt did in the ACC, he's not going to be out there against the Duke Blue Devils or the Duke Blue Devils coaching staff. He's going against NFL players, the best in the world, NFL coaches, the best football coaches in the world. Now, I do share your optimism regarding the offensive line. When you add James Daniels and Mason Cole, you are pretty much by definition going to be improved. Now, improved to what degree? Last year's O-line was a train wreck. If this one is just marginally better or it takes a long time to get its act together, and I'm underlining the word together, that's going to be a problem. But I also like the fact that Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth are both going to be entering their big, notable second seasons in the National Football League, something that Tomlin loves to stress in training camp settings. They demand that their rookies from the previous year take the biggest step of their careers, both physically and preparation-wise, heading into their second season. The part that I just can't get past, though, is the wide receivers. I just can't. Uh, I love the drafting of George Pickens. I love his potential. I love the fact that a lot of teams very clearly punted on him, really, in the draft because of the state of his knee. But if the Steelers accurately assessed his pro day in Georgia, then the knee won't be an issue, and the Steelers will have themselves quite a find, but that's an if. Deontay Johnson finding consistency through the entirety of the schedule is an if. Everything about Chase Claypool from down to down is an if. So if I'm going to lay everything that we're talking about here as to what would be the biggest swing vote in the Steelers equation, whether it's 7.5 or 8.5 or 10.5 or whatever, I'm looking at the wide receivers. I am, and I'm looking at them hard. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. we do another one tomorrow.